Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest in the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today is a special episode. The man that I'm bringing on today, I'm telling you, it's been some years since he's been on the show last, but I've been following him on uh on uh, Instagram, big time. So at Mr. Scott Eddy, um, he's a he's a travel. I don't even know if I should say travel media personality, influencer, travel connoisseur. I mean, how many different things can I add here? Hey, without further ado, Mr. Scott Eddy, welcome <laughs> back to the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's been a while. Man, I feel it's like been a while. Yeah, since we've—I mean, I, I feel like uh, we've—we've been. Uh, there's been a pandemic. The algorithm stole you from me. Maybe I didn't like every <laughs> single one of your posts, and for a moment there, you weren't on my feed. And I'm like, what's going on? What's up with what's up with Scott? And then I'm like, no, it was the algorithm. The algorithm stole me from. So I remember going back in when I when I caught one of your posts, and then I'm like, I just started liking a bunch of them. I was like, man, Scott's probably like, man, what's this guy doing? I'm like, I wanted you back. I needed the <laughs> algorithm to know. <laughs> Oh man, That's so how have you been? I've been good. Um, yeah. You know, pandemic turned everything upside down for the travel industry. So, you know, I, I, as as you would expect, I went to zero with everything. Mm. Uh, my whole life basically went to zero, and then you got to rebuild. And travel is booming. I'm going nonstop, and uh, things are good. Yeah. So all of my listeners that aren't familiar, and by the way, I got the handle right, right? It's at Mr. Scott Eddie. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. On all platforms. Sure. Obviously I've been following you for so long that I don't even remember, but um, I, I just wanted to make sure I had that right. <laughs> I want my listeners to definitely go and check out this content. Um, and I have to tell you, so for individuals that thought about or thinking about, um, you know, travel, of course, but even just building a lifestyle around something you love. When I first was introduced to your content, I I got it immediately. Like I was like, you know, when people are um, really doing something they're passionate with or they love, it comes across, it comes across on camera. Like you're not forced, you're not, like it's obvious that you're loving what you do. Like how, how did you get into this? Like how did that start? Like that you became this travel influencer? So if you want to go way back, um, Take me back. I, man, my I life was <laughs> my life was set up to be a to be a police officer. Mm. I mean, I was grew I grew up in a family full of cops, and I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. And my dad, before we moved to Fort Lauderdale, my dad was on Michigan State Police, and then we moved to Fort Lauderdale when I was little, and he was on Fort Lauderdale Police for eleven years. And in middle school and high school, every day after school, I used to be in the police department. You know, I, I went on ride-alongs and I mean, I learned, I watched my first autopsy when I was like 13 years old. Oh I, I took my driver's license sets in a police car. Like it was my whole life. Uh, I had a date to join the police academy six months after I graduated high school and three weeks before I graduated, my father was killed in the line of duty hmm. in a plane crash and hmm. it turned my whole world upside down. Didn't want to be a police anymore. Wasn't really trained or skilled to do anything else. I was a horrible student, so college wasn't really in the cards. I hated school. And there, it was 1989. The stock markets are going through the roof. And my friend was working at a firm in New York. And 
bunch of guys from that firm were moving down to Fort Lauderdale to open up their own investment banking firm. Mm. He said, listen, I can get you in to the training program. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like I just didn't have any other options. So I went in and it was successful and I did it for 10 years. I was in investment banking, all of the nineties and learned how to sell anything to anybody, which was looking back at it. Now it's the best deal I could ever learn. Mm. When they came out of the office one day, uh, it was, it was January. It was on a Friday, 1999. They came out of the office and said, if you show up on Monday, you're going to have new owners. Half the firm resigned, including myself. Wow. And uh, so the guy who was sitting next to me, his best friend was an expat who was working in Bangkok. And he, whenever he used to come back and, and for trips, we used to hang out for drinks and dinner or whatever. And we became really friendly. And he always used to tell me to come visit him. And I, and I always used to say, Listen, I work 90 hours a week. I can't take a 24-hour <laughs> flight. Basically what all my friends tell me you're now. Like, you're like, I'm an entrepreneur. What do you mean? Right, like, that, right. was, that was before we all knew that being an entrepreneur, you know, for many of us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so he called me the day after I resigned and he said, get your butt over here. Just come for a visit. Trust me, it'll change your life. And wow. I bought a two-week ticket. After four days, I called my mother. I said. I'm never coming home. I love this place. Send my stuff. And I never used my return ticket. And I lived in Bangkok for 11 years. How, how long ago was this? Just roughly. I'm just curious. I went in January of 99. Wow. And I want to I stick in the, in the early days just a little bit longer. Because I feel like, <laughs> um, you know, that concept of you were going to be a police officer and all these things that were built up like that that word identity, like you had this identity and this thing that you were for so long, like that, that must've been rough. Like uh, all of a sudden, obviously, of course, your father, of course, that's a, but your identity too. So you kind of lose yeah. almost two things at one time, huh? Yeah. I mean, it was, it, yeah. I mean, it, to today, it law enforcement and being a cop is like internal in my body. Like yeah. I still have all my cousins are cops and I still have loads of friends that are in law enforcement all over the world. And, and like, I can, I can't, and I can relate to that by the way. So I, growing up in Michigan, I have, I mean, I, I, my family owns the second or the first, the longest running um, bar in the, in the United and Michigan. I mean, it was a cop bar. It's been around for over a hundred years, never, never close. Yeah. Right. And so I grew up yeah. in, the, in the atmosphere of firefighters and police <laughs> officers. And I, when I was, you know, getting out of college or getting out of high school, even the thought was I was going to, you know, be set up for a job uh, driving a fire truck like that was supposed to be my future. Um, yeah. And that's what I was thinking about. That's where my head was. So I can kind of relate to this thing of identity and the difference. So that that's why I asked you that question. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it stays with you forever. Mm. Like I can't travel to a new country and pass by a police officer and not think about it or not like want to go give the guy a hug and like <laughs> thank him for everything that he does. Like, it's weird. Like, it's just, it's strange. Like it's not, it, I, I love it. And I'll tell you, I got to tell you this. So last night, true story, Scott, last night, I'm in, I'm in Beverly Hills. I'm in like the Hills. Like you're looking at right. amazing, expansive. We're doing an event with light Dow, And there's just like, let's just say oh, the, cool. the who's who's just all these people. Right. Here, right? 
the event organizer, I believe that maybe one of his people weren't, weren't, um, they didn't show up or who knows, I don't know. But anyway, he's, uh, he's, uh, so everybody's doing this like centering meditation and they're doing it kind of downstairs, but there's nobody watching and or working the door to either greet new people or make sure that randoms don't walk in. Cause even the event right. host is downstairs. So me with, again, being in the DNA, what do you think I'm doing? Standing at the door, working the door, checking, making sure, <laughs> and, and literally writing name tags. You registered. Who are you? Whatever. And I'm so they funny. Think I, they think I work there. I'm a I'm a guest. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah, we're not. That's hilarious. Want. So, so that's what when I say it's in my DNA, like you say it's in your DNA. That's what. Yeah, we yeah, do. yeah. Like we're protected. Yeah, we can't help it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. Yeah. So getting back to Thailand. So like, I loved it. Like I, I loved it so much. And, and think about those dates. Mm. I got there before social media was invented, man. That's true. So I right? was in Southeast Asia when social media came out. <laughs> so on a whim, I started the first digital agency in Asia and we were the biggest for five years. Not oh, because we were the wow. best. Wow. It's because there was no options. Nobody knew. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So that's really where I built my name. Mm-hmm. And then I sold it. And uh, like, I was first 2000 people on Twitter. Like I was, I was I now, now I have like 600,000, but like mm-hmm. Elon's killing Twitter. So it's yeah. basically worthless. Um, but before they, before a lot of people dropped off and they got rid of all the just dead accounts that people don't use anymore. I was the first American expat in any Asian country to have a million followers on Twitter. Man. Back then that was front page news. Yeah. The social was so new and so hot, especially in Asia. Like if you think it's hot here in Asia, social media is like through the roof. Oh yeah. The amount of views, just the amount of people, the amount of views. Yeah. TikTok in Asia is like, oh my gosh. It's like to have like like people like people have no idea. Yeah, millions. Think, of think, think about this. Think about this. The first three out of the first four years that Instagram was even in- invented, mm. the most Instagram place on the planet was Bangkok. Wow. And that's when I was there. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So that led to speaking gigs, and um, I sold the agency. I, I really concentrated on social, and and it, it, but. Not social the way you think about it today. Mm. There was no, there was no social media campaigns and come on, come to my hotel for free. Everything's yeah. for free as long as you post about us. There was none of that. There was no exchange for posts for hotels or anything like that. Because they didn't. Um, it was basically. If I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Because at this point, it was still just considered kind. Of, not, I shouldn't use the word a game, but they didn't know. Like nobody. Knew it was a game. Yeah, hundred percent. Or the hundred percent social media. So for you to say that, they'd probably be like a hashtag, a tweet, or this or that. Well, what? Like there was no value. Yeah. No, it was, it was. It was. It was. It was for fun. It was yeah. a joke. It was wow. to pass the time. It was a place where you posted pictures so your friends and family could see. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. Remember back then. First off, everybody went to Twitter for news because there was no news apps. There was no news feed in in Facebook uh, feed and and things like that. Um, So I was basically using social media 
just to get attention. And then once I got the attention, I would be, I would do consulting work and just all kinds of stuff in, and the majority of it was in hospitality. I never set out to concentrate in hospitality. Oh, wow. It just was a natural progression because I was there when social media or when Southeast Asia was blowing up. Mm. And what does blowing up mean? Blowing up means resorts, restaurants, nightclubs, hotels, you know. Yeah. So, but I ended up living in six different countries for 17 years. So I did Thailand for 11 years, Philippines for one, uh, Sri Lanka for one, Spain for four, Portugal for one, and UK for one. And then I came back to the States in 2015, which I think is where we met. Yeah. About about that time. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be probably, I think, 2016. Because I was in San Francisco for about a year. Yep. It would have been either 2016 or 2017 off the top of my head because we started this yeah. um, this whole uh, shindig at uh, 2016. So it would have been one of those yeah. two for sure. Yeah. Um, so now, I mean, I, I, thank you for sharing, by the way, the backstory of this. But now, you know, present day, I'm just uh, I'm in catching up in otherwise. You've seen the ups. You've seen the downs. I mean, obviously you, saw, you saw the Asian financial crisis. I mean, you've been through all these things. Um, sure. 2008, all those things. And, um, and I'm just curious, like now, you know, post pandemic travels opening up, obviously, I know some of many of the sectors are doing, are doing very well. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, tell me about the market, man. You're my inside. As far as social media, as far as travel, Not as far as travel, like your niche and what you're out there doing, like, tell me about the market. So, like, how are things for you? So he- here's something that most people don't know is I don't mm-hmm. pitch myself. Yeah, I I connect myself with a lot of um, decision makers in the hospitality industry globally on mm. social media across all platforms, whether it be LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram threads, it doesn't matter. And I'm very active on social. So I'm mm. always top of mind because I'm always in somebody's news feed. Then when they see something that I post that they like, they're like, oh, yeah, I want that to be done for my client. So that has been my strategy to get clients since I started. And I still, it still fills up my whole calendar. And post pandemic, the cruise industry has been booming like nothing else. And we've been cruising a lot. I haven't, I haven't been on one in a while, but I I did hear that. So it is packed, isn't it? It's interesting. Why, why Why do you think that is? Just from your vantage. So I'll, I'll explain exactly the reason. Um, and, and listen, it has to be for you again. Of like course. some people yeah. don't like cruising. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as far as cost benefits and less stress. Yeah. Nothing can beat it. And let me explain why. Now, even though the pandemic is, you know, out of there, you know, nobody, shockingly, there's still companies out there using the pandemic as an excuse for some, some ridiculous reasons, but it's gone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So things are still messed up on the back end of, in the hospitality world, hiring is still not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, Companies are still not making what they need to make. So mm-hmm. even though things look perfect on the front end, the back end of hospitality is still not perfect. Hiring is still very, very difficult. Um, so cruising, think about this. You, you go on a 10-day cruise. 
in the Mediterranean, right? Uh, hold You're on. Visiting- set for me. You got to set this up for me more because I know I'm not going in a 10-day cruise. So let me live vicariously <laughs> through you just like my, my feed, Scott. All right, set it up. Uh, we're going on a 10-day cruise in the Mediterranean. You're going on a 10-day cruise. Tell okay. Me I'll give you a, I'll give you a real life example. In March, on the 9th, I am going on a 10-day cruise in the Mediterranean. Ah, oh, I'm going on princess cruises. Mm-hmm. I'm going on their brand new ship mm. and we're leaving Barcelona and we're ending up in Rome. But mm. along the way we're visiting Turkey, Spain, uh Italy and Turkey, Spain, Italy and one other country. So four countries in total, right? Mm. The only thing that is required for a passenger on that cruise itinerary is to fly into Barcelona and get on the ship. That's it. Wow. Wow. They book their flights. Yeah. They coordinate that with the cruise line. The cruise line sets up a transfer from the airport directly to the port, or maybe they're coming in one day early, stay at a hotel, see Barcelona a little bit, and then the transfer goes from the hotel to the port, right? Mm. Once you're on the ship, you unpack once and the countries come to you. Mm. Hypothetically, the first port you're going to, there's issues. There's a oil spill or there's a strike at the port or they're having a, a storm and weather's bad. The, the people in the, on the ship, the captain and his whole crew, will work out logistics to visit another port to replace that because that port is not an option. Mm. While you're sitting at the pool drinking pina coladas. Wow. So you're not you do nothing. Even when, even when it's a stressful situation, you do nothing. Mm, I like the that. Best. I do nothing. Now, now, on the flip Take side. Take me more. Take me further. Take me further. I want more. Let's, let's, let's do the same 10-day itinerary. Uh-huh. Four countries. Mm-hmm. You're flying into Barcelona. You're either catching a taxi from the airport to your hotel or you're pre-setting it up with a tr- airport transfer. You're booking the hotel. Do you have breakfast included or not? Are you paying extra for that? Where are you going for lunch? What activities yeah. are you doing that day? Where are you going for dinner? How are you getting to and from dinner? Scott, like, this is why I don't every- travel. I leave LA. It's more work for me to travel and to like have and to have a good day than here. I'm yeah. Like, is made this that you got to figure out learn something new this is much of the reason why i don't get out much go ahead go ahead i'm just saying <laughs> i'm like but, but, I, I but, but you're on a cruise ship you're on a cruise ship you have seven restaurants to choose from you have 15 bars to choose from you have mm-hmm. theater production shows every night again you know like people asking me all the time they're like are you only in the cruise industry now and i'm telling them i'm like no but mm-hmm. i go where the business is yeah, and it just so happens that right now the business is in cruising. So I'm cruising 10, 12 times a month. Wow. We did really? 27 countries last year. Oh my gosh. Wow. I travel with a photographer. So we do full cruise ship photo shoots during the cruise, mm. which is unheard of. Like it's such a logistical nightmare because you have yeah. to plan everything when there's no people around and, we do food and beverage shoots and yeah, it's, 
So, but and the, yeah. the interesting thing about your content is you make it you make it look easy. Like it doesn't feel like well, oh yeah, I, I, mean, I know what the production on the back end is. And and listen, that it that is where the sales easy. side comes from. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like you're that's and, the sales and, and side. Also the expertise. You, I mean, I will say this. You're not saying this. I know you're a humble guy, but you invented this space. You're one of the first. Like you've been doing this for a long time in terms of not just yeah. on platforms, but also on that niche. Like as long as I've known you and otherwise, like you didn't yeah. just wake up one day and say, oh, I want to be this travel guy. No, like, like and I'm not, and nothing no, against anybody that does do that. I mean, I'm not, probably I'm not 14 years strong. That's what I mean. I'm not judging anybody else's content, but like you're, you're a vet in this game and it's fun to watch what you do and for you to, to yeah. make it look so easy when I'm looking at it sometimes. And I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that was a hard shot. Like, oh yeah. What, like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Time went into that video that nobody will ever know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy, and I enjoy. Of course, too. people have no idea. So we just got back from Antarctica. Hold on, we just got back from Antarctica, and the photographer that I travel with, we were just talking yesterday, and he said, "Oh my God, I took too many pictures." Now he he has spent the last few days just going through and deleting duplicates. Because you have to take duplicates when you're taking a picture of an iceberg in Antarctica because you have no idea how it's going to come out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he took easily probably twenty or 30,000 pictures. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Scott. So the the big question I need to know is when's this like when? Okay, princess, if you're listening to this, I need a mobile. I, I, we got to set up my podcast studio on one of these. Uh, <laughs> man, I want now. Now you got you just now added some vision to my head here. I need to. I probably podcast a solid four hours a day. That's a lot of content. I gotta. How's the Wi-Fi and the connection with that when on these cruise lines? I'm guessing. Listen, I was I was blown away how good the Wi-Fi was. We were deep in Antarctica on Princess Cruises, and the Wi-Fi was ridiculous. I was streaming Miami Heat games off the NBA app. Oh come on! It was unbelievable. You have no idea what we just now said. How amazing this world is and this earth. I'm so it's unreal. Like I praise God on this stuff. I'm like just the fact that we're having a conversation right now about you streaming an NBA game from your phone or tablet, whatever. In Antarctica. <laughs> I mean, oh, listen, thank God. you, Elon, for Starlink, because all the cruise ships are going with it now. Wow. Wow. See, yeah. cousin Elon does some good, too. You know, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, dude, I, lo- I love the guy so much. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to, like, wake up and be like, all right, let's hire professionals and, like, let's get Twitter back. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting. He's got, he's got something up his sleeve. I know. I don't know what, but he does. I'm sure. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, Scott, hey, I know you, uh, you're a busy guy, man. I really appreciate you coming back on the show, and I'm sure we'll be connecting more. And uh, now you got you got this in my head, man. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna have a a, a podcast studio on one of these cruise ships for a couple of days. I'm gonna figure this thing out. Yeah, bro. Start working on it because that's where it's, it's at. It's, I didn't it's you, bro. It. It's you. It is me. You. I do my four or five you. hours podcasting and then when i'm done i walk out and i'm on vacation like because to me having conversations with you and doing what i'm doing now that is a vacation for me it's a privilege to be able to bring these conversations to my dude we should we should pitch we should pitch a podcast and do it like oh man we 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 could 
It's a good pitch. <laughs> Let's happens. talk about it offline. It's a good we pitch. Will absolutely talk about it offline. We'll <laughs> Before I let you go, though, I want yeah. you to uh, please one more time let know everybody where know where they can follow you because I want everybody to go check I'm, out Scott's content. I'm at Mr. Scott Eddy, E D D Y, on every platform. And that's also my website, MrScottEddy.com. Awesome. Again, and we'll and we'll post all that stuff, of course, as well. So at Mr. Scott Eddy, um, check it out. And to the audience, if this is your first time with Mission Matters and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, I don't know why. Like, hit the subscribe button. It's not going to. Yeah, what's you. wrong with you guys? Hit it. Hit it. Scott, as always, man, really appreciate all you do, and uh, look forward to continue to build the relationship. So, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you for so much for having me.